the stack philosophy really is what are those simple, shorter things that you could do that will, that will just have a hugely impactful benefit into your day. Hey everybody, Emily Abadi here. You are listening to Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. For today's installment of Hurdle Moment, I am bringing back my friend Nike, a global trainer and founder of the Ocho System, Joe Holder. We are talking about his philosophy on exercise snacks, which I felt was really appropriate to bring into the mix here at the start of a new year. I think it's safe to say that many are inundated right now with individuals on their social feeds that are trying to completely overhaul their life courtesy of New Year's resolutions. But it doesn't need to be that complicated and that hurdlers is what Joe is talking about today with his snacks philosophy. Today, Joe is giving us the lowdown on what exercise snacks are and then talking about snack recommendations in all areas of wellness from movement and mindfulness to finances, financial wellness and nutrition. To be totally transparent, I was sitting in the studio with Joe and as he was speaking, I was listening intently, but also jotting down notes, which is indicative, I would say, of just how much goodness and actionable takeaways are actually in this conversation. Now, if you have more questions about starting off the new year on a healthier foot, or perhaps you're thinking habit formation, goal setting, whatever the case may be, I want to hear them. My voice mailbox is open. If you head on over to the show notes and click leave me a voice message, you may be featured in an upcoming installment of Five Minute Friday. I need your listener questions and I want to be as helpful as possible. If you're not following the show just yet on social, we would love to connect with you over there. Over on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Hurdle Podcast. I myself am over at Emily Abadi. And if you're not subscribed just yet, get the weekly Hurdle newsletter in your inbox. It comes out every single Friday. So much of the same stuff you love from the show directly in your inbox. The link to subscribe, it's absolutely free is also, you guessed it, in the show notes. And with that, let's get to it. Let's get to hurdling. Today, I'm back in the studio with Joe Holder. He is a Nike Global trainer, also founder of the Ocho System. Joe, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Nice to uh, be back. I'm excited to have you in my own studio this time. Very rare. <laughs> Live and in person. I'm lucky for that. What's going on? How's the beginning of your year? Uh, it's good. You know, I like to say taking it slow to go fast. Uh, you know, I, I perform a slight self audit at the end of every year. And then I just kind of think about how I'm going to tackle the next year and just kind of keep it moving. I don't, you know, over glorify it nor make it less than it is. So 
So you're either going to do it or you're not. That's my philosophy these days. What's your little self-audit look like? Uh, I kind of just reflect on the past year and kind of focus on the key areas within the Ocho system philosophy a little bit, which is I just think about, all right, physically, what are the things that I want to work on in the next year or, or need to take into account and kind of build my team around it? So simple, simple things it's like, OK, you know, make sure you have your health insurance, make sure, you, you know, you figure out who you want your GP to be. It's, do you have any fitness goals? What, what is how are you going to make sure that you're eating? Because for me, actually, eating is hard just because I'm busy. So I try <laughs> to set up systems that allow me to do that. But, you know, finances, how are my finances set up, setting up occupational wise? What are the jobs that I, I had last year? How does that look this year? Which is always a little bit different, you know, if you're a freelancer and, you know, making sure whatever that I even have the proper accountants and how, what's my emotional state, what's my mental state and just yeah just take into account what happened the year before the past even two years and then think about how we're going to move forward and you know i'm always about treating life like a class so i just kind of decided i split my year up into five week periods give or take um you know the beginning of that five week period one week is just a kind of prep and and make sure things are set up and then tackle those next four or five weeks very distinctly with the goals i want to accomplish and yeah, just keep it moving. And, you know, I just think there's too much pageantry and in, 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 in behavioral change and health and wellness and all these things. And at the at, at a point is, it's just like school. You know, you, you get your syllabus, you get your notebook, and you either do it or you don't. The grade is the grade. Two things to double click on. One, we've mentioned the Ocho system twice here. Ocho, one can help others, others can help one. Talk to us a little bit about what it is for those that may be just getting familiar with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Ocho system is essentially a design philosophy. I look at health and wellness as design. It's art, it's self-art. Um, and it's a thought process that, you know, we're part of a, a, a greater global ecosystem. And if you take care of yourself, that should then spread out into also your community in other areas. Uh, it started in my time at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, really started as a self-healing process, dealing with football injuries and just kind of the intense uh, environment of being in an Ivy League institution. And then from there, I realized that, you know, from a human-centered design perspective, uh, my opinion of how health and wellness was treated in the world was off. So it's kind of, uh, you know, focused on eight key areas, basically physical health, which is diet and nutrition, and of course, physical activity, fitness, uh, emotional uh, which to me is a little bit different. It's kind of like how you refill your cup, whether that's with a spiritual practice or not, and you know, making sure the people around you are the right people and things like that. Mental, it's more so building the fortitude. I, I think a lot, of, a lot of people focus a little bit too much on making life, try to make it easier instead of you know, bulletproofing your cup. I like to say, and that's the mental component of it. Um, and then you know, you have your intellectual side. What are your intellectual pursuits? Your occupational? What's up with your job and things like that? But then it goes beyond you. You know, social the community aspect, environmental, you know, kind of the built structure and worlds around you. And, you know, there's even financial and other components in there. So um, it's kind of my personal kind of design philosophy as it pertains to my health. It's also kind of how I orient my work. And I work with different companies and brands based in those eight key areas. And, and I just try to set up, I like to say, you know, and it's what my really what my goal, all my goals are building forward is just create infrastructures for, for people to participate around those key areas of health. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where it's at. You know, we hear often that like analogy or the thought process of having so many buckets, right? And in your philosophy, having eight different buckets. And if there's a hole in one of those, if there's a hole in all of the buckets, it's like hard to like run back and forth between like eight buckets, right? Like it's one thing to have three, but when you have eight, do you feel personally last year that there was maybe one bucket that was running a little bit more empty than the others? Well, 
see, this is an interesting point, right? Because you're, in my opinion, you're looking at it as very vertically uh, integrated, right? Because there's this bucket, this bucket, this bucket, this bucket, and I think that's just a general, you know, whatever shortcoming sometimes in the in the industry. There, we look at verticals, and that's what you know throws people off. I think about me in the beginning was that. I, whatever i wasn't just a runner or i wasn't just whatever i just didn't do training i also meditated to this to that to me they're all horizontally integrated and in the same way there's two things you got to think about one at my time at penn a concept you know basic concept we always had to take this class everybody who ever went to wharton or penn kind of knows about this class there's a class that is called yeah, i think it was something you had to do with saber which was basically you had to like run a business in a in an algorithm kind of computed is scenario and one of the things that they taught us in this class was basically a, what's a, um, a multi-utility attribute analysis that it's okay when you're running a business you have to figure out what attribute has the highest utility at that moment some things you might need to do all the time other things you only have to do some of the time other some things you might be a natural at that you just don't even have to worry about that's a very like tom rath kind of strength finders philosophy so when it comes to thinking about the eight buckets in the same way, let's take a, when we talk about fitness, for example, with strength, if you want to get stronger, you don't have to lift every day. You probably got to lift maybe one or two times a week and you have your strength. Cardiovascular fitness is probably a little bit different. Mobility is a little bit different. So when we look at those eight key things, those eight key areas, you have to think about what is the frequency in which I actually need to do need to do them? How much effort is actually necessary to get benefits from them? Not everything needs an A effort to get an A. A. Anybody who's taking a test knows that. Like sometimes you don't even need to study, you'll still get an A, right? And then it's deciding how do I schedule that accordingly so I, I essentially get my my life my life degree, right? So the eight buckets I like to consider it, it's flexible for each person. It's like an amoeba-like structure, depending upon who you are, right? You can decide, you know, play around, test. How can I mess around to figure out what I, what it is that I need to do? But that's what makes it, you know, an art and design philosophy. Depending on a person, it's up to you to, to figure that out. But mm -hmm. every component relatively of life fits into those eight areas. Now, if you want to condense some, if you want to mix, if you want to combine the mental, uh, emotional and mental, sure. You know what I'm saying? If you want to combine uh, financial, occupational, sure. But if you ignore any of those areas in your life, you're going to have a worse life. Is there one that you want to put more into this year? I want to get back into therapy. I think the emotional, I'm very, I have high mental fortitude, but I do think the emotional side, of course, need to continue to tend to and have, you know, combine that with a little bit of a spiritual practice. I think that's, that's something that's important to me, especially as I get older, I'm kind of like 32 now. Um, <laughs> and then certain things about, I mean, I've always bet on myself, but really leaning into, I think, certain things with my occupation and finances, uh, because financial freedom is important to me. Like, I can't wrap my head around, <laughs> my philosophies on work are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, finances and occupational uh, strategies are very key. Cool. Cool. Well, the other thing that you are big on is the concept of exercise snacks. So let's first lay the foundation on exercise snacks, because what we're going to get into talking about here are kind of snacks across a lot of the categories that we've already spoken about. Yeah, yeah. So give us the lowdown on what an exercise snack is and why you're so passionate about it. Yeah. I mean, to be candid, I mean, like, do, do people curse on your podcast? I mean, we could market explicit <laughs> for sure. No, nah, I mean, so I was trying not to curse. But it's <laughs> uh, a pain point of mine in the game is that people try to act like basic things are, are super groundbreaking, right? Or try to try to preach you on something that is relatively clear that you know you should be doing. 
or people get so bogged down in the research that it's just two typically highly educated people talking to each other, patting each other on the back, saying, oh, of course, this don't make so much sense. This is great. But health and wellness is a service industry. It's not about the, the, the staring into the camera talking about the latest research. It's about giving something that has, I think, utility for people to think about a different way and apply in their life. So with my thing is, it's okay, can I look at how my life in college and after college is totally different. I understood now that there's less time, there's more things to worry about. I'm not just working out to because I have to play football anymore. And you see how busy people are. So my thought, I remember stumbling upon that concept of exercise snacks probably in 2013 out of college. And I was like, oh, this is an interesting research study, right? Now, when th things like that typically happen, what happens? Then it's a little different, but now what happens? Somebody probably looks at the camera, talks about it for 20 minutes about this new research, why, why they know so much more, and like and share. To me, no offense, but that is stupid. I'm tired of it. It's annoying. So my thought process with all these things always sitting in the back of my head was, okay, how can I create structures that apply research to help make people's lives easier? And Exercise Snacks was that because it said the, the, it connected something that was practical in real life with something that was also uh, part of, can be part of a empirical research body that said, if you were to break down exercise throughout your day, it would have health benefits, even sometimes fitness benefits. While those are, those are slightly different, but for what most people need is improved health, right? Which is all the rage now. You got people wearing continuous glucose monitors and things like that because they're looking at their metabolic health, you know? So why I'm passionate about it was essentially, it was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. If, if how I live my life, I can apply it into the context of my life. Uh, the original research was just like two 15 or two 20 minute workouts a day um, seemed to help improve uh, people who are pre-diabetic or diabetic, their blood sugar a little bit better. So, but also thinking about that, I was like, okay, instead of just one continuous session of 40 minutes, could this help make my life easier if you were just to bookend the days, 20, 15 to 20 minute sessions? I've seen that in my personal life. It has, but also working in clients because to be honest, it just got big because one of my clients was Naomi Campbell. And it was a situation where some days I could have may have a full hour with her. Other days I have 20 minutes. Some days I might just have 15, which she will come down in a hurry and be like, Joe, I got to go. But I have 15 minutes. So I want to be able to do something. So putting this to the test and seeing it, how it worked for her, seeing how it worked in my own life. Then, of course, the pandemic happened where everybody was in was inside and we were uh, and people just wanted to move opening up that structure for people to participate there. But I'm passionate about it because it you can't deny it makes sense. You can't deny that you can also do it and that it works for everybody of all skill levels. Mm -hmm. And I just want people to just do it. Just start. You know, not to, to the fucking <laughs> Nike slogan. But just start. Like just apply. Like forget all of this stuff. Like forget sharing the 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 Twitter the tweets because something sounds good and all of a sudden somebody's now said something obvious like oh maybe you should go get sun in the morning and you're like whoa this is crazy of course it's like just stop just go do it please just go do it i don't care if it's exercise and you could apply that philosophy to anything and you know that's that's where, where i don't know i get fired up and that's from here on out like i'm just calling spade a spade it's just like people are either going to do it or they're not mm -hmm. and that yeah i'm passionate about exercise snacks because it could help people who are also not typically live a quote unquote health and wellness lifestyle, 
get on board. Yeah. And I like that it was born kind of out of necessity, right? It was like, this makes sense for my life. And actually, this can make sense for a lot of other people, too. And I also, you know what, like, it kind of makes me laugh, giggle a little bit, because you, you're a really smart guy. And you're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) And sometimes you say things and I'm like, all right, I'm going to take a minute to like really listen to this again and like follow through. But the concept of exercise snacks is like you making things as simplistic and understandable as possible, which for you, someone who is extremely intellectual and often speaks about things that a lot of people may not have the know-how about, it just like makes me happy that you have figured out a way to go and do both, right? Like you can have a crazy in-depth conversation with someone about CGMs, like about continuous glucose monitoring, or then you can go and like have this workout that people can understand. They may not understand your conversation on CGM, but like this is an entry point. So then they can also continue on to educate themselves in other aspects of their holistic wellness. Do you know who Paul Graham is? No, but keep going. Like Paul Graham, Y Combinator, like people of Silicon Valley, anybody who listens probably know. He writes these little essays sometimes. And one of the things that he wrote hit me because it would throw me off. Like, of course, I appreciate you saying I'm intelligent. But what is what he talked about is perhaps intelligence actually is the most important thing. And even though we laud it, what it really is is new ideas and application of those ideas so more people can get on board. I think health and I'm, I'm lucky. I, you know, for whatever reason, I am blessed. I understand complex topics. And but I think the key things I could distill it down help people approach it as a new idea and then get on board. That's where, that's what health and wellness should be doing because it's a service industry. Yeah, It should not just be doing it to sell you a product or just be doing it so people can get a lot of followers because they sound smart or you got people like whatever, David Asprey and his whole bulletproof thing and just they're just pushing stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And really what it becomes is that it's the intelligence is then pr- packaged as a product and then kind of sold to you or you have somebody who's already genetically gifted telling you that this is the best workout ever or the son of a or a daughter of a millionaire or billionaire that's like i use this product that i now made for you and it's helped me become so much better it's like no you're rich <laughs> or you're genetically gifted yeah right yeah. but with this with this stuff you know what i think is important in my work moving forward it's okay how do you how do we get people to participate yeah. and because now the industry is worth so much money to 5 trillion estimates now, the youngest trillion dollar plus industry in the world, three times the amount of the pharmaceutical industry. You know, I think I think now how do we since it's in the cultural zeitgeist, right? It's like, how do we get people on board? And yeah, uh, so I think uh, in short, thank you. And that's my goal. My goal is look like it's like a high low approach. It's like, how do you connect it to culture? How do you connect it to empirically sound research? But at the end of the day, how do we just get people to do it? Yeah, yeah. And a long uh, a long overdue, the second thing to double click on from the beginning was you mentioned breaking up your year into five-week cycles. I'm personally breaking up my year, like many do, into quarters, but 13 weeks. Uh, what's your first five weeks on? Uh, my first five weeks are on uh, meditation and journaling. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to book at, book at my days, like 15 minutes in the morning, 15 at night. And also, to be honest, like as weird as it sounds, it's just like cleaning, like because I, I work out of my home and cleaning every morning. So I'm not on my phone and I'm kind of focused on what it is that I'm doing. But in terms of, yeah, like emotional and mental, it's the meditation and journaling and then spending the next five weeks to vet out a therapist so that following I could really start kind of that uh, th- th- uh, therapy journey. 
But those are the key things right now. Yeah. Uh, and then I just had to do a little bit of a financial audit, which is just, uh, you know, making sure my books are in order, making sure <laughs> uh, I got my the, the right accountants and bookkeepers kind of doing the annoying business stuff. I get that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, uh, I agree with you. The cleaning is actually like something that is completely mindless, but so I feel like it's so good for me and yeah. I'll do it while I'm on the phone with my life coach. So I'm yeah. actually focused on the conversation with the life coach, but then like I get off the phone and it's the most therapeutic hour of my week because I've really worked through whatever it was that I wanted to work through with her. And then I look up and the apartment looks great. Yeah, I mean, that's a very like <laughs> men are from Mars, women are from Venus moment because I cannot mindlessly clean. I have to be every this the only thing that I'm doing. I have to block everything else out. I put an, I literally put an hour on the clock and I'm like, all right, for the next hour, you're just going to you're going to clean. <laughs> I, love that for you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. OK, well, you you mentioned kind of snacking through your new meditation and journaling yeah. routine, which is a great segue for us to talk about how the concept of snacks can apply not only to exercise, but of course, other concepts as we move throughout the year. We are here at the top of a new year. Many people trying to do that thing that we're kind of criticizing a little bit, which is a complete life overhaul. So why could it be beneficial for us to think about some of these habits, whether it's sleep, journaling, meditation, financial wellness, et cetera, in snackable ways? What, where are we going with this? I mean, when you think about, when you really think about snacks, it's just like a periodization of activities that if you do multiple times will probably get you used to doing them. And then when you need to do them longer, quote unquote, let's say a meal, um, it's that you will have the ability to do them and it won't feel awful. Right. So if I do, it's also what I call a little bit of a triage theory. It's it's all right. If I know I'm a weekend warrior and I do an hour of a strong workout uh, one or two times on the weekend, if I add a couple of exercise snacks during the week, I will probably have a better workout on the weekend. I won't feel as bad. Now, if we then look at it through the rest of our lives, it's that we often think of we need Herculean efforts all the time to to start something habit or beneficial. But you, what you really need to do is just set up those structures and then examine the day, really, that helps you understand what is probably that 15 to one hour window or even 15 to 30, 45 minute window that is that is the, the hurdle for you to not be doing what is positive, right? So you look at it like this, it's that exercise snack in the morning, it's not just that I'm working out, is what is it stopping me actually from doing that might cause some issues later, whether that's drinking coffee too early, whether that's me being on my phone and getting too anxious, that then compounds during the day that helps me, that makes me waste, or not waste, but yes, waste one, two, three hours. Now that, when we're talking about sleep, I've noticed it with my sleep. I've noticed that if I have a 15 minute, 30 minute wind down routine, instead of me being on the phone, being on the computer, being watching TV, that makes, the next however much sleep you're getting or that rest of your night, seven to nine hours, so much better and more valuable. Are you getting seven to nine hours these yeah, days? Yeah, I sleep. Wow. Yeah, I this sleep. is a completely different yeah, show. Different. Yeah, because at this <laughs> yeah, I sleep. You're like in my old age of yeah, 32. <laughs> Maybe six to eight. Let's say six to eight, but it's good sleep. Yeah. I'm sleeping great. But that's what I realized was, okay, I focus from, you know, a year 2019 maybe 20 i was like you got to figure out your morning i figured out my morning and then i was like okay my morning's figured out my day whoo my day's going good like i don't i'm not spent i'm not wasting time i'm not spending excess time in a gym i'm doing what it is that i need to do then i realized that 
but the one hang up that I have was sleep. So I was like, what am I doing? What is going on? Mm-hmm. So simple things, you know, leaving the phone in another room, charging it, not getting being on it, uh, turning off artificial light, things like that. But I noticed just that 15 minutes to li- deliberate, I call it like a we have you have gateways in your day would make my night and sleep so much better. So the snack philosophy really is, is, you know, that funny those memes where you say, a problem you've been running away from for two or three weeks that you can handle in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You have those in your every day yeah. that will help make other areas of your life so much better. And that's what I realized. It was like, yeah, I, w- I went to Marshall School. Shout out South Orange, New Jersey. And a big thing they had in this auditorium, I remember this, first, second grade, if it is to be, it is up to me. I <laughs> still remember cute. that. If it is to be, it is up to me. It always stuck with me. I was like, damn. <laughs> and they write. So the stack philosophy really is, what are those simple, shorter things that you could do that will, that will just have a hugely impactful benefit into your day? Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my sponsors. First up, Gooder. A little bit of a pivot from normal but I've got some glasses to talk to you about that are no slip, no fog, all conditions, all fun. Yep, you have guessed it. We are talking ski slash snowboard goggles. These shades called the Snow G's, they're not only the best looking frames on any white cap mountains, but they're also Gooder's first official step into winter sports. With wrap around frames that won't fog up while you're grinding the gnar, their language, not mine, <laughs> dodging yetis or going extreme at the ski lodge with your hot toddy, Gooder's Snow G's will keep you covered. And I mean that literally because they are wraparound frames after all. They are specially priced at $75 and a great addition to the already stellar lineup of no bounce polarized sunglasses that Gooder has to offer. I myself am amped to wear my pair on my first ski trip of the year in just a few weeks. And if you snag some yourself, we could be twins. Head on over to gooder.com slash hurdle. That is G-O-O-D-R.com slash hurdle and snag free shipping on your order today. Again, get free shipping as a hurdle listener by heading on over to gooder.com, G-O-O-D-R.com slash hurdle hurdle. Also, got to give some love to my friends AG1 from Athletic Greens. Saying that out loud literally makes me remember that I ran out this morning and haven't had a chance to shake up my bottle yet. That's exactly what I'm going to do as soon as I am done with this. AG1 replaces key health products in one simple scoop, replacing your multivitamin, multiminerals, pre and probiotics, immunity support, and more. That means AG1 does more for your body and saves you time, money, and confusion to taking multiple unique products. It's made of 75 of the highest quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source nutrients in the world and manufactured to the strictest quality standards. It tastes great and honestly, it makes me feel even better. I have been part of the AG1 fan club, gosh, for at least four years now, 
And I'd say that it's the best tasting greens powder I personally have ever tried. It's got a subtle sweet taste with notes of pineapple and a hint of vanilla, AKA not at all grassy. Now, of course, AG1 has a deal for Hurdle listeners. Head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D with your purchase. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D today. Something you said in there, I guess I, I've thought about before, but the way that you said it like really kind of put a light bulb on for me, which was the idea that it can not only set you up for your day, but then it's also negating, negating things that might not be good for you, right? So that is like such an interesting way to think about it, right? Especially with that wind down routine. I just started attempting, although like I feel like I get tired and then like I'm instantly ready to sleep. Like mm-hmm. I could be on my couch and then sleeping two minutes later, but I'm trying to now read for 10 to 15 no matter what before I sleep. And sometimes I'll get in my bed and I'll be tired, but I'll turn the light on and be like, okay, now it's time. But then I'm not laying in my bed on my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah I mean, that's yeah. a really that's a really interesting way to, to kind of slice it. So then the next question would be, how can we break down or if you had to offer some ways that we can think about snacks in all aspects of our wellness routine uh, moving into this new year, what are a few examples you can provide of things that we can be snacking on, so to speak, that can make a major difference? Yeah, I mean, we think about, you know, wellness is such a nebulous term. It's like, all right, let's define it for you. Okay, so what I like to think about it is, what are those what are essentially very individual actions that are particular to me that I know will make me feel better? And then those key areas are, are what, in my opinion, it's, of course, the uh, physical stuff. So diet activity, um, then it's some of the mental stuff. So essentially fortitude, and then it's emotional. Um, and then really from there to me, it's finances and occupation. And I, and I, and I think we like to we like to overlook that. Uh, so simple things that you could do, and you know, whatever, we call them snackable. We talked about the fitness ones enough. I think that's very clear. It's that if you can, don't think that if you don't have enough time, it doesn't matter what you do. You should, or it, it, it makes sense to not do a workout at all. I'm telling you, if those, that, that 10 minutes of walking in the morning or, you know, that the quick 15 minute little hit interval that you could do or yoga flow that you could do in your in your morning to start the day, it does go a long way. It helps wake you up, it helps mobilize fuel, it helps keep your connective tissue healthy, all these things. You're not an Olympian, you're working out for health and fitness. Like just accept that for most people, that's what it is. And you don't need that much to help your body, whatever, stay on track. Then we look at some of the other things and let's call it diet, right? Let's say our food or what we're gonna eat. I think a simple things we we'll call it th- when we think of snacks, just think of time blocks during your day that don't take long, but will have immense payoffs. That's really what a snack is. And when you think about food, what that is, is one, <laughs> I think it's like cleaning fruits and vegetables. If you could put away 15 minutes in your in your beginning of your week to do that, and that then it is just chopped clean and in your fridge, and that you can eat it or cook it when you have time, that literally saves you. That saves you hours. Simple thing. If you, especially if you live in New York, and it's probably cheaper now. And even if you don't, and now like things like Instacart accept EBT, they accept you know food assistance. It's 
setting sitting down for 15 to 30 minutes and literally just logging on into the app and making sure that your food is delivered that's been a game changer for me eating healthy whether mm. it's misfits market whether it's sun basket and it's cheaper the cost of eating out if you are if you like to eat healthy in new york city is literally one or two of those meals is the cost of groceries for me in a week and i am a massive man so it's just like <laughs> you know what i'm saying so and then it's keep building that up. So then for, for, for diet, a lot of it just comes down to comes down to preparation and, and then knowledge search. So it's okay. Do, can I just have have a, a snack of where I sit and I research recipes for 15 to 30 minutes that I know I'll be able to use for that rest of the week? And it'll literally serve me, save me hours every night and help me feel better. And then you keep digging on that. For me, something that's like emotional regulation, you know, uh, a, a couple of times a week, I'll sit for 15 to 30 minutes and I'll, you know, I'll text friends that I haven't heard from in a while or, or I'll be able to check in. It makes you feel good, you know, and then, you know, five minutes, I have a gratitude journal in the morning now that I do. It asks me three things that I'm grateful for. It asks me three things that if I accomplish, they would make me a good day. <laughs> and then it asks me for a daily affirmation. It takes five minutes. It makes I'm, me feel great. <laughs> I literally just started using this planner that I'm writing things on. I think this is on. the same one do I Do you have, have this? Uh, it's no, like best it's self co it literally like i sit down at my desk and when i go to like map out my day and it has like a slot for all the hours at the top it says today i'm grateful for today's goal today's targets what will make today great which yeah. is why i chuckled when you were like what will make today great i was like i literally wrote this down a little bit ago so wait so just before we keep going here and i'll link this planner because i know you all will message me about it so i'll <laughs> link it in the show notes but before we go on here so we talked about kind of like the physical um being movement and then of course nutrition and uh in the nutrition category 15 minute snacks being cleaning your fruits and vegetables so for you how are you cleaning those everybody asked me about this but it's basically a mix of baking soda and vinegar okay baking soda and vinegar uh we also talked about making sure you order your groceries and then the last thing here if that's something that if you are pressed for time right totally it has immense payoff you like going to grocery store go to grocery store (laughs) he's like i will not take this joy from you (laughs) and then last but not least here knowledge search so mix things up because also mixing things up can be just like with uh your workout routine staving off boredom mixing things up in the kitchen can also keep things exciting while also helping you stay on track whatever your nutrition goals might be but also like let's take a step back and not think of it because because food can be so restricted Mm. when you cooking is the thing about workouts is that workouts aren't you could aren't fully humanizing you could say oh working out is not for me or the gym is too intimidating that type of thing and that's fine go for your, go for a walk stay in the house do what you need to do you should still be able to move your body everybody has to eat and you often are able to connect with other people when we eat so cooking and food is more humanizing not because oh i have to eat this because i shouldn't be eating that i need to you know i need to be on this particular diet it's actually a quite an amazing thing when you start to figure out the foods that you like and you're able to cook them and prepare them in a way that's nourishing for you and your friends. It's also that's why I think about the food aspect. I'm not so like regimented and diligent. I'm like, I can only eat this, only eat that. To me, turning on music, dancing in your kitchen, cooking up, throwing some spices yes. in your food. I think that's special. That's just a random aside. I'm on a delicata squash vibe right lately. I made a nice maple syrup glazed squash the other Ooh, day. It's delicious. Need some ba- maple basically syrup. You get please. a little olive oil. You cut <laughs> up the squash. You get a little olive oil. You sprinkle it. You get put it in a bowl. You get olive oil, a little vanilla extract, a little maple syrup, a little cinnamon, maybe a little nutmeg if you're into that. A little salt. Just toss it up. 
put it on a baking sheet, put it in the oven, bake it at 385, flip after 10 to 12 minutes. It's delicious. <laughs> the air fryer is the biggest gimmick in all of the world because it's literally just a small oven, but it has revolutionized oh, wow. the way I never, I never that about I, that. the way that I cook. It makes it feel so much easier because you don't have to flip. You don't have to flip my air fryer. No, never you just you shake you shake a basket. I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you when we're done. <laughs> okay, so we've tackled uh, fitness, nutrition. Now let's talk about snacks. You started to kind of get into uh, maybe the mindfulness side of things. Yeah. So let's uh, let's start to talk about what snacks can look like when it comes to a mindfulness and maybe like on the journaling front as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, one thing I do: ten minutes of meditation and then the five minutes of gratitude journaling. Are you an app guy? No, not for the meditation. No, I mean, I use certain I use books and I've, you know, I've been meditating for about 12 years. So mm -hmm. I kind of know my practices that work for me. But at the end of the day, it's just like you I know it throws people off, but you could just sit and just breathe in and breathe out for 10 minutes. How great. What a novel idea. And that's what throws everybody <laughs> off. It's like, oh, my God, these people are just geniuses. I'm like, if you just sit and just control your breathing for 10 minutes. Anyway. That's my thing. I mean, I've been doing alternating nostril breathing and I kind of do diaphragmatic breathing and it's simple things like that. Like, I think that's a very easy one. And then when you, if you do want to start to sit down and you want to find a group or a practice in the city and, you know, those end up being 30 plus minutes, if those intrigue you by all means. Uh, but yeah, those little things have a small payoff. Even at the end of the shower, I know everybody thinks like the ice baths and you got to sit in it five to 10 minutes or that type of thing. A lot of research just just show, and it's another snacks style. It's just like the benefits of fifteen to thirty seconds, and then just controlling your breathing during that initial shock mm -hmm. are also beneficial too. And I help wake you up. Yeah. So for me, I look at it like this: my morning routine is the alarm goes off, I set it off. I don't want to touch my phone, so I immediately hop in the shower. Immediately, I don't second guess it. Immediately hop in the shower, get that quick cold blast of water at the end of the shower for thirty seconds. That then is done. Go. Still don't pick up the phone whatever do you moisturize your little face routine get it get a quick five to ten or fifteen minute exercise snack in if it's already post shower it doesn't have to be high intensity just get a nice little stretch flow in skin's looking pretty good joe I, you know, i'm trying you know 32 <laughs> i'm a little washed now then from there what do you do all right then you know i'm gonna sit five to ten minutes i'll do, do my meditation right and then i'll do the quick gratitude journal maybe i'll clean a little bit cook breakfast look at what just happened it through something that's arguably less than an hour yeah yeah. Look at everything you just did. And yeah. again, it's those small snackable moments that have immense payoffs, but you know, very James Clear style, habit stack on top of each other. You did not just sit on your phone for 30 minutes to an hour and then you're anxious because you didn't get a text from the boy or girl. You've been wanting to text. You get caught you got caught up in TikTok. You got an email from your boss. You got your mom or dad or sibling texting you about some BS and you're all thrown off. And then you're and then, you know, you're messed up. We've mm -hmm. all been there. I've been there. So that's what I'm saying. It's 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 both a substitution and an addition at the same time. For sure. And I like what you said when we were kind of hashing out what the different meditation styles could be is that you said like if 30 if if a 30 minute meditation class is like your thing like go for it but the thing is is that um so often and i think this can be an issue sometimes is like people try something and then that one version of that thing doesn't work so they assume that that thing as an entirety isn't for them Oof, but yes, be, be okay with changing the plan right so if you know that you want to get into meditation and you have a strong why around that which is also super critical right you have a strong why about getting into 
meditation, you tried a 30 minute class, it's not for you. Okay, then go back and try the older approach of sitting for 10 minutes and just breathing, right? Like make sure that you're meeting yourself with where you're at so that you can then create these habits that you have this strong why that are so that's associated with. Yeah, yeah. And then just figure out what like works for you. Because sometimes I want to go and take the longer class. Sure. Sometimes I want to have the longer workout for sure. But I think the heart of it is, you know, figure out works and figure out what helps make you feel good. Um, and you know how it goes. I think an easy corollary to that is often with running. People often think about, oh, it's got to be a marathon or it's got to be a long, hard run or it's got to be a sprint, whatever. I'm like, no, if you just go walk, go walk one minute, run one minute. Do that, do that five to 10 times. Nothing makes you appreciate the walk run more than when you're coming back from an injury and you yep. do the walk run for the first yeah. time. And you're like, wow, that one minute of running. Yeah. It was everything. Yeah. It was everything. Yeah. I mean, and you only have so much time. Yeah. So I think, again, it goes back to the utility analysis. You got to figure out how to, how to make it work for you. Let's get into maybe snacks or thoughts for either. You can pick which destination we go first. <laughs> uh, career occupation. Or finance, because I feel like you're going to have some really good input. I feel like you're going to have great input on both, but I'm actually really interested to see about your financial wellness snacks. What do we got? So for the finances, what <laughs> as if anybody's a creative freelance or entrepreneur or whatever, you know how complicated it kind of gets. But even beyond that, it's a lot of times you could just turn a blind eye to your finances. Mm -hmm. So certain things, instead, you know, instead of quarterly, it's at the end of every month going, you could even have an app that do, does it, but I kind of do it by hand just because the app never gets it right for me. But it's just you go and you tabulate the expenses instead of waiting at the end of the year or quarterly or whatever. Um, or if you have the money and can afford it and it's a write-off, you know, make sure you have the bookkeeping service and send it uh, th there. So it's like things like that. It's like, all right, 30 minutes at the end of every month instead of hours quarterly or, or days if you do it yearly um and then also from a you know a, fi a financial perspective it's kind of keep it simple it's like all right can i do brief audits about if i take 30 minutes to create a spreadsheet that lists out all my all the credit cards that i have uh the credit limits on that uh and the last time that i asked for a credit increase now mm -hmm. at 30 15 to 30 minutes i know all those are there Right. I don't have to worry about that. And then I just set up a calendar where I know I could call my credit card company, ask for a credit limit increase, especially if I'm not if I'm using the credit cards wisely. So before I go into this, because I know a lot of people have feelings on credit in the U.S., if you're a U.S. listener, you need credit cards that you don't want to leverage yourself, which is essentially going into too much debt. What you need what you need to do is you open up enough credit cards, but only use them on one purchase besides one major credit card that you have. If you're using that strategically, you pur purchase one thing and then pay it off. Because what that does, it establishes a credit history for those distinct cards. Now I have the, I spent 15 to 30 minutes setting that calendar up. I know there's a specific cadence probably every, you know, six months, let's say I could ask for credit limit increases that then, you know, reduces my credit utilization. And then at the end of the year, especially if you have young credit, your credit score is probably going to be up it's by at least 30 points, 50 points. Right. And then by the time you're older, what happens? You have a good credit score, which is going to help save you money and then also help you build wealth because you took 15 to 30 minutes five to 10 years ago. And, you know, it, it's uh, it's certain things like that. I'm so, literally writing down credit limit increase email. Yes, I'm telling you, I, I, I was able to raise, doing a few other things, but I was able to raise my credit score last year by probably 60 points. Yeah. And that was one big thing I wanted to focus on. I texted my brother, 
because you know i got my credit reports and things like that i was like all right this year i'm really going to focus on my credit and what are these small simple things that i could do again these snacks that don't take much time but have an overwhelming payoff and a lot of that again connects back to the audit so it's just thinking about okay what is the goal that i want to achieve if there is a deep dive let's be honest there are some things you do have to put time in if is there a deep dive of initial sunken time that i'll need to do and then are these in the same way of just like with workouts but then are these these small little things that will have immense payoffs um for occupation and job that one is a little tough because well, which i'll openly admit just because the way my work is a little bit different but how i decided to do that was really I took a step back and I kind of would ask myself three to five key questions. A few of those being, does this job actually, does this job make me happy? Not every job has to make you happy, to be honest. Am I good at this job, right? Is it something that I enjoy? Is it essentially paying well? And are there other, or, or can I use this to create other connections that could get me to a place that I want to be? So now I'm a little bit more clear headed. And even if I'm doing things, I've done a lot of work I didn't want to do, but I knew it would have a payoff in some capacity. I'm doing these small little self audits and let's call them those, those snackable moment check-ins that will then go a long way. So some of them are just more theoretical, distinct check-ins kind of under recalibrating and self auditing throughout the year or day or month. And then other things are actually kind of practical and tangible such as exercise, such as the, the meditation. But I just think as we've seen, like years could go by without you doing basic things that take, again, the duration of an exercise snack that will literally change your life. Yeah. I've, I've just because I've reached out to friends, I've gotten work, I've gotten jobs. That yeah. Changed my, like changed my life. Yeah. And, it's, and that's like in that moment when you were like, oh, I should just like hit up my friends and like check in, right? Yeah, it's not because I'm trying thing. to get work. Of course not. But it's like just this small moment, like this one yeah. decision that you made can have an impact on so many other things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be randomness. It I think that's a key mm -hmm. to think about is that perhaps you can be. There's, you can't go too far, which is like, if it's I'm, in good, I'm manifest destiny, it's all up to me. Nah, some things are sheer randomness and risk, mm -hmm. but there are a lot of other things that you are completely in control of that aren't actually that onerous that if you just think, consciously think about, you know, this isn't some secret kind of manifest type thing. It's just that there are other people in the world and actions do make a difference. So if you could have small ones that do that, why not? Yeah, and I just want to make sure uh, I share one of the things that I do in terms of a snack every year at the top of the year is breaking everything I'm doing from an occupation POV into three columns. It's the stuff I'm doing that I really love, the stuff I'm doing that I'm like okay with doing, and the stuff I'm doing right now that I probably don't want to do anymore. <laughs> and when I look at those three columns, it allows me to do kind of that audit that it's like, okay, like how do we get rid of, let's say like column C, the stuff that I don't really want to do anymore. Granted, there is not a life where like there's probably absolutely nothing in column C, but you can definitely work toward getting less things there. So that small audit that can work for someone both in like that has a traditional nine to five, unlike you and I. Um, and it can also work for people like us who have a little bit more agency in kind of playing chess or checkers with those columns. Cool. That's a lot of good stuff. We got a lot of snacking to do. Uh, it, yeah, but it's not as much as you think. I'm telling you, just structure your day. Treat where I'm telling you, if you want to get anything done, just treat life like a class. But it's a class like you're both the teacher and the student. And if you could just set up a class schedule and they don't have to be immensely long periods because there's other things 
that you can't move, whether that's your work, whether it's certain, the commute, whether it's certain things with the family, that type of thing. But there are these small buckets that you could do things that are good for you, but you also enjoy. Yeah. Or some things that you just can't stand, but you realize they don't take a lot of time, but it'll save you a lot of money. Yeah. You know, you could literally save thousands of dollars, right? Tens to, to hundreds of thousands of dollars throughout the course of the next decade. If you were to just strategically plan your finances, that would, might take you 15 minutes to an hour. Yeah. What are you excited about for this year, Joe? Uh, uh, I mean, I'm excited just to whatever, keep betting on myself. I'm excited to see. I'm excited to really just try to help improve people's health within structures that I create. Like, that's honestly what I'm excited about. And I'm, and I'm excited to, you know, hopefully see the industry mature to a situation where it just creates a more a greater onboard ramp for other people to get involved. But I'm also excited because I think a lot of people are going to start to see through the fluff that's in the industry. And I think there's going to be a cataclysmic change within the next one to three years within what health and wellness is. Selfishly, I've listened to a lot of Joe Holder podcasts, <laughs> and I think that this may be <laughs> my favorite Joe Holder podcast <laughs> to date. I'm so happy that we were able to make the time to get this done. Uh, and it means a lot to me that you made the time to get this done. Joe, how do the hurdlers keep up with you? How do they follow along with you? Give us the deets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, follow me at uh, Joe Holder on Instagram and TikTok, and then exercise snacks with the underscore, and also Joe Holder underscore on Twitter. Uh, yeah, hope this helps y'all. Always appreciate being on the show. And Emily, keep it up. What is it, year five? Year five. Crazy. I remember when it was just an idea. <laughs> I'm over at Emily Abadi at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.